The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Dear Media IRL is back, and we're showing up bigger, better, and louder than ever. Join us on May 4th in Austin, Texas, for the ultimate live podcasting experience. Watch and learn from your favorite Dear Media hosts as they bring their insightful discussions from your headphones to the stage. Get ready to be inspired, entertained, and watch audio get a makeover. Tickets are on sale now at dearmedia.com slash IRL. See you on May 4th in Austin, Texas. Welcome to The Bad Broadcast. I'm your host, Maddie Murphy. All right, everybody, buckle up because today is a big episode. It is a new episode of The Bad Broadcast. I'm your host, Maddie Murphy. And this is a topic I have not only not talked about, I have vowed in the past that I would not even touch it with a 10-foot pole. And then things changed. And today we're talking about divorce. I have purposely not done this episode and not given a lot of context, a lot of insight into what I've gone through for a lot of reasons that I think will become clear throughout the episode. We're going to talk about some things that I've been through. We're going to talk about some advice that I would give you guys. I I decided to just put up a question box and see what you guys wanted to know about divorce and advice that you guys needed or things you wanted to ask me about it. And I said, depending on the response, I knew the response would be overwhelming. But I was like, depending on the response, I'll see what I'll do because maybe nobody wants to hear it. A lot of people wanted to hear it. So I am nothing but in service to you. So we're going to do the divorce episode. And you might be asking yourself, what changed? Here's what changed. I had a daughter. That's what changed. I had a daughter. And I've been through some things that I haven't spoke about ever. Like maybe three or four people in the world know the real details of everything that I've been through. And I thought about my daughter and I thought about if Coco had or was going through the same thing that I went through or had experienced the same things and what I would want her to do and what I would want her to feel empowered to do and also what I can do so that she is proud of me. I'm not going to cry when I say that, although it does make me want to cry because she's literally all I think about. Making her proud and being a good mom is literally the only thing that will ever matter to me. So yeah, I just thought about that I basically been fearful of this episode. And I've let people scare me into not speaking about things that were my experience and that actually happened to me that were so horrific. And I just had enough. And before we get started, you guys know I love a precursor, preamble, caveat, whatever it is. I really don't feel like I'm a victim of my life. And of course, I feel like there have been things that I've gone through in my life where I was the victim. I don't feel angry at my life and I don't feel like the things I went through are like an excuse for me to be like mean or petty or toxic or anything like that. Although it crosses my mind a little bit. Okay. It does. I think "Mm, I went through that. I should be a little bit more toxic, but I've really tried. And especially the last year, let's see, I filed for divorce in July of 2022. So it's been, what is that? 18 months. Yeah. A little over 18 months since I filed for divorce. And I took serious time to make sure that I was okay from it. And I remember the day I moved in with my parents, my mom and I were 
sitting on my bed. We were crying. And I just told her, I said, I just don't want to be bad for the world. Like me as a person, I don't want to do things that are harmful or hurtful. I want to do things that are like helpful and that are going to make people's lives better. And that was when I decided I'm not going to talk about this on the podcast until I can do it in a way that I feel like is helpful. And it's not me just trying to like spill details. So that's my intent behind this episode. I just want people to hear it and maybe feel a little bit less alone. I think that the birth episode also really changed my perspective on this topic because I I didn't know how many people had gone through something similar. I don't even think what I said was profound or I didn't give the solutions to anything, but just hearing somebody say, this sucked, I healed from this, this is okay now, all of that, it's just, it's comforting. I feel comforted when people talk about that. So yeah, that's the precursor to the whole thing. And basically, I'm just going to go through these questions. And as we go through them, I will, I'm going to, I'm going to give you guys some context as to how I got where I am. And I'm so grateful for my life. And when I hear that people are getting divorced, I always congratulate them, which I understand is morbid, but just the the ending of a toxic, no happy marriages end, right? If you're in a happy marriage and both people are fulfilled, you don't just get divorced. You don't just decide one day to not be married. I think maybe people like to say that they stayed friends <clears throat> with their ex. I don't know who would do that. That's a crazy thing to do. No, just kidding. We're, we are going to talk about that though. So when people get divorced, it's just, it's the beginning of a new phase of your life. And it will shock you how good your life will get post-divorce. And I, I had somebody in my DMs message me and say, you know, I got divorced and whatever. And I remember just saying like, I promise you, life is adjusting you to get on the right path and it's going to shock you. And two weeks later, she DMed me and she was like, you were right. Like, I didn't know how much this marriage was weighing me down. I didn't know how unhappy I was. I didn't know how physically sick I was. And now I'm free from that. And now I can live my life. And that's what I feel really lucky to have gone through that I got divorced. And I even look at pictures. I've posted about this before, but I look at pictures of myself from like 2021 into 2022. I really do not recognize myself. Like I, and it's not, I didn't lose weight. I didn't change real. I didn't change my diet. I didn't do anything crazy. But I've thought about this. Just let me say this. First of all, everything I'm going to say in this podcast, I have thought about for 18 months. Okay. I have thought about it. I was just thinking, oh, I don't have any notes. Doesn't matter because I've literally thought about this. But I thought about why I look different now as opposed to in those pictures. And same with being pregnant. Sorry to be a broken record, but I just felt so like I felt an internal glow when I was pregnant because I was just so happy to be pregnant. I was happy in my life. And I think that in 2021 and 20 into 2022, I was living in pure survival mode. And it made me think about this girl that I know who she ran marathons. And she was saying like, yeah, when I, when you run a lot, you often have like stores of fat all over your body because your body thinks that you need it because you're running so much. And I was like, I honestly feel like that's what happened to me. I feel like my body was holding on to so many things because I was barely surviving. And at the time, I think a a big question that people have is why did you say this on the podcast if that wasn't the case? Why did you do episodes about a good marriage? And why did you say these things? If Everything I said at the time was true at the time. And then things changed. 
And, and I didn't know. I have my friends and family that say, we're so sorry. We didn't know what you were going through. And I was like, I didn't even know what I was going through. I had no clue. I, it, my perspective was only so big and I was not able to see that I was unhappy because it was the only relationship that I had experienced. It was the only marriage I had experienced. I didn't know that it was really making me sick. Like I'm not even trying to be woo woo, but it's like, I was holding on to like bad energy or bad, whatever it was. And I had all of that in my body. And once I was out of my marriage and I was in a healthy relationship and I was pregnant and happy to be pregnant, I just saw like layers of myself shed. It was very weird. It it happened physically to me. I, I don't know. I don't really know how to explain it. But something that I got asked many times, and I get asked this in every Q&A, is when I announced my divorce, I said, or really just diving in, I thought I was going to talk a little bit more. This is the question that people are wondering about, especially since I posted that I'm getting my tattoo removed. So I announced my divorce. Like I said, I filed for divorce in July of 2022, July 16th, to be exact. And then I announced the divorce when it was finalized. So the divorce was finalized December 7th. If you guys want to celebrate with me this year, December 7th. And then, oh, where was I going with that? I announced it on the podcast, I think that same week. And what I said in the podcast was, we are still great friends. We still spend time together. We, might go on a trip together. Or I think I said, we have a trip planned together. I'm really grateful. Nothing bad happened. The reason I said all of that is because that was true. That was true at the time. And I'm not saying anything that doesn't have the cleanest receipts to back it up. I was not imagining this friendship. I was not imagining that we were spending time together. I was not like, yeah, it was not a lie. The only thing I probably sugarcoated was that nothing bad happened because of course something bad happened because happy marriages don't end. But where we were at the beginning of December, we were friends. And it's really bizarre to me because as far as I know, that has not been the case. That hasn't been said from his side. He has told people many times and very publicly that we were not friends. We had not spoken. We were disconnected for the last two years, that we had been divorced for a year that I hadn't spent any time with all all these things. And honestly, you guys, your guess is as good as mine as to why that was said. I don't, I don't know. I don't know because our texts literally go from ask me for money. I was helping pay rent. I was supporting him financially through the end of our divorce because I had been the breadwinner in our, I shouldn't say breadwinner, but I was the, the primary earner in our relationship the last two years. And I was helping him out and our texts literally go, I don't know how much more plainly I can say it, that I have these texts and I have these receipts that say that have him asking me to send money and then me saying, yeah, I just, I I sent you some money. And then the next text is me saying, why are you telling people we're not friends? Like why? And then you scroll up two texts and it says, Hey, I'm here to pick you up. We're going to, we're going to lunch or we're going to breakfast, like whatever. Like it's... I don't know. And so then at the end of January, so that that was happening all through, like we were good enough friends that I had started dating and I had kissed somebody and he knew about it and he and I had talked about it. That's how good of friends were. That was at the beginning of January. And then I ended up meeting Gray at the end of January. And yeah, that that was when he decided to say that we had never spoken and we were not friends. (laughs) 
This episode of The Bad Broadcast is sponsored by ShipStation. So I am a business owner, so they say, but I'm also a consumer. I'm a customer. I'm an online shopper. And sometimes shipping costs really talk me out of checking out from a store. Sometimes I just abandon my cart and then I get a little email later saying, we think you forgot something. And I say, no, because that shipping was not going to do it for me. Shipping can really make or break a sale. And as your business grows, ShipStation can help optimize how you ship your orders so you can stay competitive while you scale up. Whether you're shipping 100 packages a month or thousands, ShipStation lets you automate routine shipping tasks and handle returns. When I was shipping my own merch from my house, I was using ShipStation and it was saving me so much money because I could just enter the weight, I could enter the details, and it would automatically calculate the lowest possible rate. You can also easily automate shipping tasks and manage orders from one simple dashboard. It's got effortless integration everywhere you sell online, including Amazon, Walmart, Shopify, and more. You can manage orders, print labels, compare rates, optimize every shipment, and automate delivery notifications. They have industry-leading discounted rates from USPS, UPS, DHL, and Global Post with discounts up to 89% off of USPS and UPS rates. Over 130,000 companies have grown their e-commerce businesses with ShipStation. And 98% of companies that stick with ShipStation for a year become customers for life. So optimize and keep your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Use promo code BAD today at ShipStation.com to sign up for your free 60-day trial. That's ShipStation.com promo code BAD. This episode of The Bad Broadcast is sponsored by Ritual. Being a skeptic is a good thing. It can save you a lot of time and it can save you a lot of inconvenience falling for things that just don't work. If you read ingredient labels like it's your day job, you are a skeptic. And that's why Ritual is perfect for you because they know that you can spot a too-good-to-be-true health hack from a mile away. Ritual knows that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds your expectations. Their clinically backed Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin has high quality, traceable key ingredients in clean, bioavailable forms. 97% of women ages 19 to 50 are not getting enough vitamin D from their diet. I actually just had my hair tested and my blood tested vitamin D, thumbs down which is fine because I just ran out of my prenatal and now it's time to get back on the multivitamin. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus was shown to increase vitamin D levels by 43% in a clinical study. These vitamins are also gentle enough to take on an empty stomach and they have a minty essence in every bottle that makes taking your multis actually enjoyable. Also, it's USP verified. Only about 1% of supplement brands on the market have the USP verified mark which shows that the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label. Ritual multivitamins are vegan, non-GMO, project verified, gluten and major allergen-free, certified B Corp and made traceable. So no more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off of your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash broadcast. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today at ritual.com slash broadcast for 25% off. I think what was the scariest part about this is that I had seen confusing erratic behavior like this before. And it had happened several times over the, the previous years. And I was scared. I was scared. And I started to doubt like what I had been through. Like I was like, wait, did were we not friends? Like, 
And basically in his text to me, that's what he said. I'm done pretending that I like being your friend. And I'm like, that's fine. But you telling people we haven't seen each other and we don't speak and we haven't had a trip planned, like the text that I have, it's very bizarre. And it scared me. It scared me a lot because of this behavior, because it had happened several times over the the previous years. We were dealing with it as best we could. I was dealing with it as best we could. But when we got divorced and when I moved out, the behavior scared me a lot. It scared me because things were happening that felt very dangerous. My cat's being taken and let out on the freeway or my stuff being put in a pile and destroyed with a hatchet. And all of that stuff happened to me and it scared the shit out of me. And I never talked about it and I didn't tell anybody. And he knew that I wasn't going to say anything. He knew because I can't wrap my mind around why you would say, I don't see Maddie and I haven't spoken to her and we're not friends when I have the proof, the timeline, the receipts. No, but when I had all of that and I had friends who knew we were seeing each other and my family knew I had gone over there on Christmas to make sure he wasn't alone on Christmas. It was very weird to me, you guys. And it was so painful and scary. Sorry to to harp on that, but it really just put me in a shell more than ever before. And it's why all of last year, I was just so scared to share anything about my life. I still have a level of privacy that I want to maintain, but I used to share so much. I used to share about my life and I didn't know what information was being relayed. And I honestly, for a long time, did not feel safe. Probably until I was living with Gray and I I started to really process what was going on. Like Then I started to feel more safe and I feel really proud of myself, how far I've come and that I can sit here and say that I'm okay. And the things that I'm sharing with you guys, it's really the tip of the iceberg. I just want to give enough context so that it makes sense and that you guys know what's going on. I don't want to sit here. and It would take hours, if not days, to go through every minute detail of everything that happened from the decline of our marriage through the divorce, all of that. But working backwards, which for you guys, the last thing you guys know about it was when I announced my divorce. So working from there and what happened there, that's where I can go from. Yeah. I felt a huge need to protect him because he had done things that were really horrific and the atrocities that I witnessed, that I had yelled at me, all of that. I did not want that to be our story. I did not want that to be how things ended And I have to say, I do think that for a time he was also committed to doing things amicably and kindly and calmly. And we we didn't own a house. We don't have kids. There wasn't anything to like battle over or to have a mediator over. But how we spoke about each other and how we spoke to each other, I believe for several months we were on the same page trying to do things. But then things just changed. And I have guesses as to why. He decided to start doing that. I don't know if it was because it was right when I met Gray and I started dating. I don't know if that bothered him. It was, I I don't know if it was because I wasn't sending money anymore. And I swear, you guys, I'm not saying this stuff to try to be petty. This is just the reality of what I was living for a long time. It's just what I went through. I'm not trying to bash. I'm not trying to say he's not a good person. I'm just trying to say that's why we are not friends anymore. That's why I'm getting my tattoo removed. That's why we don't speak. We had joked again, (laughs) like this happened. Like we had joked after our divorce. Yeah, we're going to be that weird couple that's like at each other's wedding, next weddings. That's going to be crazy. Like 
stuff like that was very real. And we were headed that way. When I found out that he was angry and saying all these things that were just verifiably untrue, I didn't get it. I didn't get it. But I said, okay, it sounds like we're not friends anymore. It sounds like this is where we no longer speak. And that was that. That was at the end of January. And I had met Gray by that point and we had started dating. And I felt really good. I think this is a good time to answer this question. Somebody said, how do you react or how does it make you feel or how do you deal with what people think about you getting into a relationship so fast after? To me, it wasn't fast after the divorce because it had been like eight months. I know that's still relatively fast after divorce, but I think in the timeline where I announced it, like I had announced the divorce at the beginning of December and then by the end of January, I was already dating somebody. But I had really taken like all of those months of going through the divorce and living with my parents and stuff. Like I... I was really genuinely dedicated to being okay and healing and doing things that helped me feel good and not shoving things down and really trying to get to a good place because I just felt ready to start living my life and to start being happy. And I just, I did not want it to beat me. I didn't want the divorce to beat me. And so I put in a lot of time and effort. And I've said this before about dating after divorce. Like I didn't have time to waste. I didn't like... I didn't want anything that wasn't like amazing from the start. And I was lucky enough to find that. And yeah, it was quick. It's fine. I don't really care. I'm happy. I'm happy. I wish I would have found him even sooner. So yeah, it it was fast, but I was absolutely ready for it. And I didn't feel like I was going to bring the things that I had been through into my new relationship. And I felt like he and I also communicated really well about the things that I had been through. And He, anyway, I explained it in excruciating detail to him. He knew everything. And this next question is a good one right here, which is how do you tell somebody you're dating that you've been divorced or tell somebody that you're talking to that you've been divorced? In my humble opinion, you just tell them divorce is not embarrassing. I don't know. It's weird because at the end of the day, it's a breakup. We don't hesitate to tell people like, oh, I have an ex-boyfriend. But like for some reason, oh, I have an ex-husband is, oh my gosh, that's big. What happened? Yeah, we had a party and and a wedding ceremony about our relationship. That doesn't mean that it's... I've seen people with breakups that were worse and more brutal than any divorce that I'd ever seen. It's not an embarrassing thing. Also, I'm sorry, but in in this day and age, 50% of your friends are getting divorced. It's so funny because I used to think, who's going to be my one high school friend who gets divorced? Or like my three high school friends who get divorced out of the six of us. Did not think it was going to be me. Did not think it was going to be me. So yeah, I I don't know. I just, I really do not think that it should be anything embarrassing. If anything else, I think that people who are products of divorce, well, products of divorce, I guess that's not the right way to put it, but people who have experienced divorce, I think that you can tell a lot about a person based on how they speak about their divorce and how they speak about their ex and how they speak about what they went through. That's a big tell for me. And it's also, yeah, I just think, I think that you can see a person's true character when you have been through a divorce. This episode of The Bad Broadcast is sponsored by Squarespace. All right, where are all my coders, all my website builders? I bet a few of you raised your hands, a few of you. I bet the vast majority of you kept that hand real low, just like me, because I had no idea how to build a website when I first started my business. And then I found Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs 
to stand out and succeed online. Whether you're just starting out or you're managing a growing brand, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything from products to content to time. They have something called the Fluid Engine. So with Fluid Engine, a next-generation website design system from Squarespace, it's never been easier for anyone to unlock unbreakable creativity. You can start with a best-in-class website template. You can customize every design detail with reimagined drag-and-drop technology for desktop or for mobile. Fluid Engine is built in and ready to go on any Squarespace site. I started out with merch. Squarespace makes merch super easy. You can easily sell custom merch and create a passive income stream that engages your audience and scales your brand. You can upload, organize, and access all of your content from one place with the asset library. You're able to manage all of your files from one central hub, and then you can use them across the Squarespace platform. So head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And then when you're ready to launch, you can go to squarespace.com slash bad to save 10% off of your first purchase or a website or domain. Once again, that is squarespace.com for a free trial and then squarespace.com slash bad to save 10% off of your first purchase of a website or domain. This episode of The Bad Broadcast is sponsored by Quince. I love a staple piece. I don't venture out a lot with my clothes, as you guys know. I'm not really one to buy like statement pieces, all right? I like staple pieces that I can wear every day, that are going to be really good quality, that are going to be neutral, that I can throw on in a million different ways. Quince has become the place that I shop for really good quality, neutral staples. You can upgrade your wardrobe with luxury essentials at unbeatable prices. The prices are so good. Quince is here to transform the way you shop with a range of high quality items priced within reach. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50. They've got cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, 14 karat gold jewelry, and Quince is priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes on the savings to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. I actually have a nursing bra from them that I was using while I was nursing, but it's so comfortable. I just kept it and I still use it. They have really great maternity stuff. I think it's a perfect gift for anybody who is expecting in your life. So indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Once again, quince.com slash bad. Okay. This question is right on the money for me. It says, at what point did you have to get past the feeling of having to protect him? I'm still very much in the, no, he's great. And we are going to remain close, even though I know that's not true. And he's done a lot of awful things to me. This is one of those things that I'm talking about at the beginning, which is like just hearing somebody else say that and be like, oh my gosh, like I literally sent this to Lucy and I was like, I can't believe that this is even being like, this is, I could have written this. I could have written this like a hundred percent. And I guess this podcast is me, again, there's so many details that would not be fair to explain or put on a podcast because I think that he deserves to live a normal life and he doesn't deserve to have intimate details of his life exploited on a podcast. That would be so unfair, despite the fact that I feel that was done to me and that he was publicly saying things about me that were very untrue or very intimate. And you know what? I just had to 
say, fine, I will accept this. And I will, I don't want to say take the high road or be the bigger person. But that's how I felt. I was like, okay, I'm not going to play at that level and say all of these things. But with this podcast, I feel like it's fair to explain the things that I went through and that I experienced. And feeling entitled to my own life is a huge step for me because this question is saying, I feel the need to protect this person. And I totally get that. But at what point does your life belong to you? The things that I'm saying and the things I experienced are true. These are things I went through. These are not things I'm making up so that people think a certain way about me. I know that at the end of the day, I was not a perfect wife. Divorces don't usually happen because of one person. I think it takes two to tango always. And I have tried to be very reflective about the things that I did wrong and the things that I could do better. And I was not the perfect wife. I'm not the perfect partner now. I'm not going to be the perfect mom, any of that, whatever. But yeah, these are my experiences and I deserve to to share them in whatever way I want to. I deserve that. I went through them. Why can't I talk about them? And I feel like I was caught in a situation where things were being done to me and he knew that I was not going to say anything. And so it just perpetuated a cycle of where I was unable to speak about what I was going through. I couldn't even tell my friends. I couldn't tell my family. And he knew that I wasn't going to say anything down to the bitter end. And I'm just done. I'm done. I'm done letting somebody else determine when and where I can speak about my own life. It's so unfair. And I'm not, I'm not doing it anymore. And I hope that in doing this, like somebody out there can hear it and be like, yeah, maybe I don't owe it to somebody to protect them when they didn't protect me. Where was the courtesy there? I tried to do the courteous thing throughout the whole divorce, throughout announcing the divorce. I wanted to protect and hide and shelter. And that was something that he was really mad at. He was like, why are you telling people that we're friends? And it was beyond confusing to me. It was be like, And I know that people hearing that from him were confused. They were like, why did Maddie get on her podcast and lie? I didn't lie. Like, it feels so good to finally say that. Maybe I didn't include the dirty details of everything that happened. But what I said in saying that we're friends and we see each other, and that was not a lie. I love when I get questions that are like, wait, you're divorced? I'm like, yeah, babes. We're divorced. We're repartnered. We're a mother now. It's a whole thing. It happened quick. Keep up. Okay. Next one. When did you know it was time? Were there signs before you got married early in the marriage that it wouldn't work? I also respect you and love you seeing love seeing you be a mom. Thanks. That's so nice. I love to include those nice little blurbs that you guys put at the end. When did you know it was time? This is probably, I should say, the number one asked question because a lot of people are saying, I have these feelings. Does this mean that it's time for me to get divorced? And I think that I did have feelings early on. Um, the feeling that I can describe it as is that I felt very detached from things like my wedding. And by the way, my wedding episode, I thought it was like a hit. It made like a lot of people mad. I was like, oh, I guess I'm alone in hating weddings. But here's why, because I was so detached from my own wedding. I didn't really feel like I was describing it to somebody. I felt like it was just happening to me. It didn't feel like I was experiencing it. Like it felt like I was watching myself from... And I remember actually having a conversation with my photographer who's actually my cousin's wife and she's amazing. And anyway, we were chatting and we were just talking about life. And she actually said that like, we weren't even talking about the wedding or the marriage or anything. She was, we were just talking about living your life. And she said, if you feel like it's just happening to you, it's probably not the right thing. And I remember in the back of my mind being like, shit, that might be my marriage. 
whatever. We got along great. We were friends for years before we got married, came from a really good family. There weren't any red flags and we went on our merry way and we had a great few years being married until it ended. And I think how I knew it was time, unfortunately, I probably would have put up with a lot more where I was two years ago. I probably would have stuck it out a lot longer had things not gotten to a point where it was completely unavoidable that it had to be done. I had brought up divorce a couple times throughout the marriage. I had had asked asked for it. I had said that I think we're we're headed that direction. We always came out the other end. And then in July, he asked me to leave under really bizarre circumstances. He asked me to move out. And I just did. I just did. I wasn't able to fight back in that moment because the circumstances were, again, a little bit scary. And I just wasn't I wasn't able to just stand my ground. And so Lucy showed up 8 a.m. with bagels and packed my stuff and moved me to my parents in about two hours. And I filed for divorce four days later. And then a few weeks went by and he asked that we forget the divorce and we go back and I moved back in. And I said, no, but let's work on our friendship. Let's go to therapy together. Let's see where things are at. And then after a couple of weeks of that, it was very clear that it was not going to work. And that was because like I had, I've said this before, I had like physical manifestations. I was like physically sick. Like I was not well. I was, I was the most depressed, the most anxious. And I feel like autopilot took over and I was finally like, oh yeah, no, the divorce is going through. We, we need to do this for real. I don't want to go to therapy together anymore. I don't want to do any of this. And to be honest, I don't think that he was that sad about it. I think that there were some days there where we thought maybe there is a result here that doesn't end divorce. I think we both probably knew. We both knew the day I moved out there, we were not going to come back from that. And I just have to say, I look back on that time of my life when I was living with my parents with so much fondness. Like I absolutely loved living with my parents and having that time with them. At the end of my marriage, I really disconnected from everybody in my life because things were getting bad and I was not in a position where I was telling people. And I wish that I had. And that's why I have that life rule, tell your best friend, because please tell your best friend. If you're experiencing something that's making you isolate yourself from the people that you love, please tell her she will help you. Please tell your mom. Please tell somebody who can help you. It's the most important thing that you can do. So Yeah. Yeah. There were signs throughout the marriage. And at the end, it was just an unavoidable thing. But I did make the final call that we were done. And I am very proud of myself for doing that. And I'm proud when you guys message me and you say, I'm in an abusive marriage and I decided to leave. I wish you knew that might be the thing that's going to make me cry. That might be the thing. We're crying a lot on the podcast this year. I'm just so unbelievably proud of you And whatever your situation might be, I'm just really proud of you. Okay, next thing. This is, I get asked this sometimes. How do you get divorced? Or how do I get divorced when the breakup includes the church? They're one and the same a lot of times because a lot of us get married very young and Mormon. And I'd be lying if I didn't say that was probably a part of it. You know, leaving the church and kind of growing separately. Like we were not growing in compatible ways at all after we had left the church. And sometimes the church is what keeps people together. You know, you have this mutual interest and this mutual goal and these mutual beliefs and maybe it's kids or whatever it might be. But yeah, it makes sense why people stay. I feel like when I left the church and when I got divorced and especially when I got pregnant out of wedlock, 
I just feel like I felt so free. I felt I don't have to pretend about anything anymore. I don't have to pretend any part of myself. I can be the most real and honest and open and me that I have ever been. I have nothing to hide behind anymore. I don't have to pretend I'm in a good marriage. I don't have to pretend I believe in the church. I don't have to pretend I'm not pregnant, whatever that means. I felt so free. And it's like the liberation that I wish for all of you guys who are in these positions where it's, I have to keep going along with this. Stop going along with it because your life is like right on the other side of that. And I'm not kidding. Like mine was quite literally one step away. I had to shed like things that were not me. And then the next step was happiness. And I'm not saying that happens for everybody. There could be a very long grieving period. There could be anger. There could be remorse, all of those things. But regardless, the step in front of you is freedom. It might be hard to go through. It might be hard to process, but there's freedom on the other side. So that's what I, that's what I hope for people. What are some sneakier red flags that people miss in their relationships? I thought about this one a lot because I think that there's so much nuance to like red flags. Cause I think for a lot of people like, oh, he's divorced. That's a red flag. Obviously I don't see divorce as a red flag. I, if, if I listed some of my red flags, I would have them. So I think something that I noticed early on that I wish that I had put more stock into was like little random lies and lies that were said for no reason at all. Like I remember I was told something. I remember I was like on my way to work and he was opening up to me about something and a problem that he had in high school. And he was saying like, oh, this was really hard to go through. And this was my friends did this and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh yeah, it's so tough, whatever. And then two years later, I asked him about it. And he was like, no, I never, I never, I've never said that. I've never said that. I've never even been through that. I don't even know what you're talking about. And I was like, but you said this. And then he would say things like, that contradicted that experience that he had. And I was like, what? This is, it's so weird. I wrote him off every single time. And those things continued until I just let anything slide. I think that our marriage very much got to a point where he knew that nothing, like he was not going to quote unquote, get in trouble for anything he said or did. Like I was always going to be fine with it because I had been conditioned to just let things go. And there was a time in our marriage a few months before the the actual divorce where he basically said, you are too controlling and you don't let me be myself. Full disclosure, I am a very, I shouldn't say I'm a very controlling person, but I definitely have that issue. I definitely in relationships feel the need to corral and make things go a certain way and make events happen a certain way and things like that. I definitely like control over situations. And so he he was not wrong to say that. He wasn't wrong to say, hey, you're too controlling. That was definitely something I needed to be called out on. But it was said to me in such a violent way that it was basically like, you're going to let me do whatever I want and you're going to be okay with it. And when you're in that situation and it's the person that you loved and you want to protect them and you want them to be okay, you just say, yeah, okay, I will let you do. And over the course of those next few months, that was when things really got bad because I was not sticking up for what I thought was okay to be happening in the house and to be participating. But I was told, don't interfere with anything that I do. Don't tell me to do anything. Like that is a deal breaker. And it was to the point of like where I wasn't, allowed to ask for help with things like groceries. Like I remember I was asking for groceries or I was, I called him to come down and help me with the groceries, but 
he was doing something upstairs and that was me impeding on his ability to be himself was that was me asking for help and things like that, that, that started to become progressively more and more bizarre. So yeah, that's a red flag. (laughs) I was like, why did I, why am I even talking about that? Oh yeah. How do you deal with possible guilt? I divorced five years ago and guilty feelings still come up. Even when I know the majority of the reason we got divorced is because of him. Yeah. I'm just going to go ahead and give you permission because I feel like the only way to get rid of guilt is to give yourself permission and say, I'm not feeling it's an active fight. Like I feel guilty sometimes about wearing tank tops. It's an active fight and it's feeding your brain. My mom always says this, your brain believes what you tell it. And I used to be like, shut up, mom. You don't even get it. And now when I'm going through something, I'm like, tell your brain something else, bitch. Like mom said, and it's true. So you just, when those feelings come up, you just, you address them. You say, I'm not feeling guilty about this. I'm going to feel this way instead. Eventually those feelings of guilt pass. Okay. Next one. Every once in a while, my ex's family crosses my mind and I miss them. Or I think maybe I didn't try hard enough. Have you ever held these feelings, even though you know it was the right thing to do? So my situation with my ex-in-laws they're wonderful people. They were always really kind to me. I don't want to say we had much of a relationship because we really didn't. We weren't close with them, but they never did anything bad or wrong or anything like that. I just want to say that. So I don't think I relate to the like, oh, I miss them and I miss spending time with them. But I can imagine that's a very difficult part. And the feelings probably just go hand in hand with feeling a sense of missing your old life. That was the scariest part of getting divorced is that I was like, I have no clue what my life is going to look like. No idea. Five years ago, I was just a Mormon wife with a job at a front desk. And I thought I had a really clear idea of what my life was going to look like. And we always let Maddie whip out a Pinterest quote in the divorce episode. Okay. Give me one, which is we remember the past better than it was. We don't even know what's ahead of us. And I wish that I could go back and say, Hey, this happiness that you're feeling right now, five years ago, this like happiness, it's not happiness. Okay. You don't know what that is yet. And it's funny because I think about that with a newborn phase. I'm so happy with her and everything she does is beautiful and amazing. And she makes me so beyond happy. And I know that as she grows and as we bond, I'm going to look back and be like, I thought I was happy then. Oh my gosh, this is happy. This is what's happy. And yeah, I know it's hard to miss things about your old life and miss people and friendships and family members. But I know that the happier version of your life is ahead of you because you don't have the weight of a bad relationship or a toxic relationship is it's too much. It's too much. You guys, it's too much for any of us. We got to put them down. That's what I felt when I finally divorced. I felt like I had this huge backpack of bricks and then I got divorced and just one by one, I could put these bricks down and I could like finally do things that I wanted to do. It was an incredible feeling. It's too heavy to carry these bad relationships around. And I invite you to please not stay in them. Okay. How do you support a friend going through through a divorce, going through marriage? (laughs) No, going through a divorce. I think that the main thing that I loved that my friends did was that they offered a place of zero judgment. Because like I said, all that really horrible stuff happened. And then we were still working on a friendship. And I think there were many people in my life that were like, what the hell are you doing? What are you doing? Why do you think this is fine? And I know from the outside looking in, that's what it looked like. But from where I was like, I need to help. I need to be here. I need to support. I need to make sure this goes well. And even though my friends and family did not understand that, I do feel that they were there in a non-judgmental way to just be supportive. And I also felt trusted by my friends. And that was huge. Like 
I felt trusted that I was going to make the right decision, even if it took me a little longer than maybe they would have wanted. It took me a couple extra weeks. It took me some time to process what had gone on, but I felt trusted and I did not feel judged. And that's the number one thing I can say to give to your friends. They're going to make decisions that you don't agree with. Okay. They're going to stay in toxic situations for longer than they should. But you being there is a way more important thing than you being right about their relationship because things are going to crash and burn. If it's as toxic as you say, if people are in situations like you're observing, they're going to need you. So this is not the time to be quote unquote right about the relationship and win and get in a fight with your friend. Okay. It's the time to just sit back and realize you have very little control over the situation, but that you are on the hook for being a good friend. So that's all that you can do. Okay. Again, this goes right in. It's the same kind of vibe. How do you deal with one of your friends that you know needs to get divorced? Unfortunately, you can't. I learned some serious lessons in surrender going throughout my divorce because I just had so little control over a lot of like crazy things that were happening. We had seen a few therapists throughout the course of it. And I had one therapist pull me aside and just say, you have to realize how little control you have over this situation. And like I said, that's not my norm. I like having control. I like knowing what's coming next. I like having a say in things and letting go of that was really hard. Even being in the divorce, that was really hard. I understand the feeling of being on the outside of the divorce. And I actually, I had a a friend in a, I don't want to say a similar situation, but going through a divorce and they had gotten back together and all this stuff. And all I wanted to do was grab her by the shoulders and say, please leave. You will be happier. I promise you. But they had a kid and they were like, it was a bigger deal than mine was. When people don't have kids and they're in horrible marriages, I'm like, please leave. Krista Stefano has a really funny joke about that, but it's inappropriate. So I don't say it, but it's if you don't have kids together, go free yourself. And even if you do have kids together, of course, don't stay in something toxic. It's such a different thing when you have kids. I shouldn't say there's so much nuance there, but it's just a much easier process to get divorced when you don't have kids is what I should say. But yeah, all I wanted to do was tell her, get divorced. I promise you, I've never, ever, this is a fact. Okay. Listen up. All you people struggling in marriages or relationships or having a hard time with the end of a marriage. I have not met one person who got divorced and then didn't say it was the best thing that ever happened to them. And I hated that shit so bad when people would say that to me when I was going through it. It's going to be the best thing that ever happened to you. I'm like, shut up. No, this is tragedy. This is horrific. This is my life ending. You're going to sit there and tell me that this will be the best thing that ever happened to me. How shitty is my life going to be that my divorce is the best thing that ever happened to me? Oh boy, let me tell you. My life is something I'm so proud of. I've built this life with Gray. We have the most gorgeous daughter in the entire world. We've, we're like, sometimes we go to bed and we're like, can you believe we built this life for ourselves? Like we just did it. We were both in a place before we met where we weren't happy and we met and we were very forward thinking. And we just said, how can we make our life the best it can possibly be? And then we just did it. And it was so good. And yeah, my divorce was the best thing that ever happened to me. And all of you guys are going to slide into my DMs and be like, Maddie, you were right. It was the best thing that ever happened to me. Okay, next one. Is it possible to have an amicable divorce? I think at the beginning I said I've never met anybody who's still friends with their ex. That's not true. I have met people who who co-parent very well together, 
who have like a mutual respect for each other. I wouldn't say I've met anybody who's like friends with their ex. And I have this issue where I think that I could break the mold. And I think that I can be, when I started the podcast, I was like, I'm going to be the first podcast that never gets a bad review. Guess what? That didn't happen. I was like, I'm going to be the first divorce where we're best friends. Guess what? That didn't happen. I really need to bring my expectations down. But yeah, I don't know. Amicable for sure. I don't know how much I believe in like being best friends with your ex spouse. Just because I think that when there's tons of history, tons of emotion, tons of trauma, like it or not, divorce is trauma. It is what it is. I don't know if it's like a great foundation for a good friendship. Being amicable and respectful for sure. That was very much what I was hopeful for. It makes me sad that I actually didn't get that because I think for so many months, it was such a possibility and he made choices that just made it not possible anymore. And that's what do you do? It is what it is. I was happier for it. But at the time I was like, what the hell? Okay. Let's end on this one. How do you avoid comparing future partners to your ex? I think that you should. I think that you should compare. And I think that you should be happy with the comparison. And because I thought about this, do I compare? And I do. And the best news of all is that my current relationship comes out on top every single time. I think, wait, what was that? What did that used to be like? And what is it like now? I was a caregiver for a lot of my marriage and I was earning the money. I was, I was taking care of the house. I was taking care of the cats. I was really, yeah, I was handling shit. And I, again, don't say that to be shady. It was just the reality of our situation. And it was what our life called for at the time. It was what he needed at the time. And I was his wife. So of course I was more than happy to do it. But with that, I just did not have somebody caring for me in any really meaningful way. Like I didn't, I didn't have somebody doing, taking the trash out or cleaning the house or making appointments, or I didn't have that. I was doing the lion's share of all of that for two people. And so when I got into a new relationship and little things started to really shock me, oh yeah, I took care of that already. Oh yeah, I did that. Or, oh yeah, here's some money. Go get yourself a treat. Like things like that had never happened to me. I was like, what are you playing at? Okay. What's the joke here? And then I was like, oh, this is just what, this is what it feels like to have a partner who like likes you and like cares about your life. And is like thinking about things that you need. Like, I remember I got really sick. It was like the first week of our relationship. I got really sick. Gray was out of town and he Venmoed me money to go get dinner and a treat and, you know, take care of myself. I was like, hold on. What's happening? That had never happened to me before. I had never, ever gotten that. I had never gotten a Christmas present from a significant other. I had never gotten a birthday present. That was a decision that was made. Like we were like, let's not do presents. Let's not do presents. But you know, when you're a girl, you like hope you're like, is he going to get me something? No, like I never got anything like, and so it's things like that. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so special to think about what it was then and what it is now. And so I don't think that comparison is the worst thing in the world. It's actually how I discovered my daughter has a tongue tie. Okay. Because I saw other people, other babies sticking their tongues out. And I said, Coco can't do that. Why can't Coco stick her tongue out? And then when I asked the pediatrician, I said, excuse me, Coco can't stick her tongue out. And she said, oh, you're right. She can't. And I said, that was comparison doing me a favor. Okay. I don't think that you should compare your kids to other kids. Sometimes there are milestones and sometimes there's behaviors in relationships that should be hit. And it's, uh, I used to think, okay, this is a really weird example, but so we fought so bad in our marriage to the point of where I remember thinking one day, if there were hidden cameras in my apartment, 
I would be so embarrassed. I would be so embarrassed about these fights, about how I act, about how he acts, about what I put up with, about what's said. I would be disgusted with these fights. And now when Gray and I fight, I that always comes to mind. I always think, what if somebody was, you know, a fly on the wall here? I would let any, I know it sounds weird. I know it sounds weird, but I would let anybody watch us fight <laughs> because it's just civil and normal. And it's just, hey, we need to talk about this. It's no, I don't, you know, and we have a little tension. And then, you know, at the end of it, we hug and we work it out. And I can compare this to something abnormal and say, this is what should, you know, I used to hear my friends talk about their fights that they would have with their spouses. And I think, I mean, I'm definitely more in favor of being way more honest about what marriages are like and what fights are like. And, you know, because honestly, weirdly, I think it's helpful for people. But yeah, I used to remember, or I remember I used to see other people argue, or I would think about like my parents arguing even and making up and what that looked like. And then what my fights were like in my marriage. And I was like, this is not normal. These are not normal fights. These are not normal. But I don't want to tell anybody. I didn't want to be like, hey, here's what our fights. Can you like give me the anatomy of it and tell me what's wrong with it? But yeah, so I don't think that comparing is the worst thing in the world as long as you are happy with the comparison. If it's things that don't matter, if it's, I don't know, trying to think of something that doesn't matter. If your new spouse or new boyfriend like drives a worse car or has a different job or things like that don't matter. Yeah. You got to let those go. But if you're comparing like dynamics in a relationship, hopefully when you do that, your new relationship is an improvement. Wow. I can't believe I'm putting this episode out. Actually, I really can't. Now I'm really overthinking it. I think I'm just going to have to set it in and plug my nose and hope it is received well because yeah, I've been scared to talk about it. There's so many details that I don't share because they're one, unbelievable. And two, I think they would harm the person involved. And I'm not in the market to hurt somebody's life. I'm just interested in being able to share things that I went through and how I overcame things and how I dealt with things and how I ended up happy and how I still deal with things because my divorce wasn't that long ago. Of course, things still come up, triggers come up. I have to talk to Gray about things that I'm feeling or whatever. And I even asked him if it was okay if I did this episode. I was like, is this like weird? Is it going to come across like I'm like not over it or something? And he was really supportive and just said, no, of course, this is your life. You should, this is your life and your job. You should talk about it however you want. And I felt really supported by that because me talking about my divorce, it doesn't mean that I'm not over it. It doesn't mean that I haven't healed from it or that I haven't learned from it, but it's just a huge part of my story of my life of the book of Maddie. Divorce is a big chapter of that. And I think it made me who I am. And I hope that anybody listening, especially like in the future, if my daughter ever, if these episodes ever surface and she listens, I would hope that she felt empowered to always talk about her experiences and not feel like she has to protect people that hurt her just for the sake of protecting them and just for the sake of silencing yourself. We don't want to be silenced, as Oprah would say. Yeah, I hope this was helpful. Man, I have no clue if this was helpful or if this resonated and I have no clue what the response will be. But I am grateful for so many of you who have been receptive to the details I've decided to share who have supported me. I've said before, I'm embarrassed about 
my, my, not my carbon footprint probably should be embarrassed about carbon footprint, but my digital footprint, like there's a lot of stuff out there about like my marriage and about it being perfect and amazing and us giving marriage advice, you know, at the time I thought was accurate and helpful and looking back being like, whoa, we should not have said any of that. But I appreciate so much you guys who have just gone on the ride with me and let me change. So thank you for being here. I love you guys so much. Remember to subscribe and rate and review if you can. Very helpful. And always be safe and kind and hot. Love you so much. I'll see you next week. We'll keep it light next week, okay? I'm going to go over the Trader Joe's customer fan favorite winners at the beginning, okay? It's not going to be the whole episode, but I feel it's a very important topic we need to touch on. I love you guys. I'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. Remember, you can catch a new episode of The Bad Broadcast every Monday. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss anything. Also, I want to hear from you. So please leave a rating and review. You can also follow me on Instagram at The Bad Broadcast for all the behind the scenes action and more information. Talk to you next week. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.